Mr. Gruber, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming to the Growth Gets It podcast. So I want to ask you some questions because this is fascinating to me. Um, first off, the name of your company's fun to say. It's uptime, yeah. right? And there's a lot of reasons for it's uptime. I think the, you know you can explain. But uh, the other thing is you are one of the owners of It's Uptime. That is correct, yes. And yes. it's a, a company that is, from what I've seen, I'll say growing by leaps and bounds, right? I mean, exponential growth. If you have X number of people and you add uh, a quarter more, that's pretty good that's growth. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. what does that mean? So so first off, it's uptime. Um, you're an IT company. That's why the it's is kind of fun to say. Explain what that means for me, please. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for, for having me on. Um, so one of my business partners, Alex, actually came up with the name and I thought it was quite creative. So it's kind of a play on words. It's a capital I and a capital T for IT, apostrophe S. So IT is uptime as well as it is. Um, it is uptime. Um, so Alex came up with that, thought it was uh, a great idea. We were able to register it, actually, um, you know, as it's uptime, uh, which is great. And, and that's our website, itsuptime.com. So, um, you know, uptime being so critical. Everybody talks about downtime in the IT industry, and they know what their downtime costs, and it, it downtime, downtime, right? Nobody wants downtime. Um, so we figured it'd be a nice play on words, and uh, so call uptime. Well, and I just used uptime. Um, knowing about you guys, I I was talking to our our phone people, because um, uh, we have VoIP phones, voice over internet protocol phones, and we're talking about internet and how fast the internet is, and they're like, well, we have a 99% uh, or it, it's one percent downtime, or it's virtually yeah, usually ninety nine point seven percent uptime. Yes, yeah. Way. And I was like, yeah. but th- that's good, but I want a hundred percent uptime <laughs> because I don't want any downtime. Because if that one point one percent happens yeah. when somebody's calling us who was just involved in a horrible crash, that's going to be a bad day, you yeah. know, because we're gonna they're gonna miss it and they're gonna go to some other law firm. So, yeah, that that uptime is in my brain a lot. Uh, because I think, like you said, it's a very important thing, a very good metric, right? Yeah, yeah, um, cool. So, so you're based in Wisconsin, but you have offices in Green Bay and Milwaukee? Yep. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, we have uh, one of our owners, uh, Andrew Cornelius, is up in the Green Bay area. And then the vast majority of us are down here in the Wabatosa area. I uh, just recently moved into uh, a new office, um, expanding a little bit, brought on a, a, another new employee. So we're just excited and, and growing and, um, you know, just happy to serve the, you know, greater Milwaukee area. So there's, I think I looked this up, um, or I know I looked it up. I think I'm right. There's about 3.12 million employees who say they're IT professionals. <laughs> so that's a lot. That is a lot. So yeah. I know uh, there's, I don't know how many different TV shows that are making fun of IT professionals. Oh, yeah. And there's um, certainly jokes upon jokes that we can tell about IT professionals and SNL skits, whatever else you want to talk about. But um, tell us what's the average day for a real IT professional? Uh, you know, so there are, you know, I think a lot of people think of IT, right? And they just lump it all together, right? So that's kind of the first distinguishing factor when you think about IT is what specifically do you do? Are you uh, creating apps for phones? Mm-hmm. Are you developing websites? Are you, um, you know, configuring networks? You know, that kind of thing. So in our day-to-day, um, it's really uh, managed IT services for business, uh, where we really try to be their provider to do all things IT for them, uh, mainly focused on managing their network and their server environment. And then, of course, their workstations and 
um, security, um, layers of security and, and, and that. Um, a day to day, depending on um, you know your position within the company, a tier one is going to be spending a lot of time on the phones. Um, they're going to be handling those initial requests. Our goal is to pick up the phone every time somebody calls, uh, which is a, a huge thing in our industry. Um, nobody likes getting into that voicemail or feeling like they're sending an email into a black hole. So we try to be incredibly responsive. Our goal right now is 15-minute uh, response time. So uh, in, in the life of a tier one, it's a lot of dealing with, you know, kind of remedial issues and things that come up occasionally, things that are a little bit more advanced, mm-hmm. uh, in which case, you know, we, we have them spend a little bit of time on it, generally 15 to 30 minutes. And if they can't figure it out, then we escalate that up. Um, you know, tier two, tier three, now you're kind of digging into more complex issues, issues that are impacting multiple people across the business, um, issues that are affecting major components of the business, such as email or their phone's not working. We know how important it is, uh, as you mentioned, uh, to a business to make sure they're not missing those, you know, emails and those phone calls. So, sorry, so tier one, tier two, tier three, that, that's specific to your world. I mean, that's yeah, what I, yeah. IT professionals talk about tier one, tier two, tier, tier three, tier one being the easiest. And yep. tier three being like the most complex or most problematic? Yeah, much more advanced, um, you know, technically, just generally more experience. Um, and, and then, you know, you really get into things. You have specialists like senior systems engineers. You have um, project managers, project coordinators, project engineers. So when you really get into things like, okay, uh, we're moving a data center or we're going to set up a, a new environment from scratch, that's where you get into those more evolved type okay. of positions within the, within the IT world. So... You're working mostly with small businesses, I assume, or, or small to medium-sized businesses? Yeah, small for the most part. Um, anything that we're fully managing is generally small. And, and when I say small, that means a lot of different things, so a lot of different people. Um, I would say, generally speaking, um, under 50 uh, workstations yeah. uh, is kind of how we, we kind of gauge it. Um, when you get into that, you know, kind of more than 50 workstation environment, um, a lot of times it, it makes a lot of sense in what I've seen where – they do have somebody internal kind of handling uh, more of the day-to-day and then partnering with us in, in what you call a co-managed or blend uh, environment where we're now kind of coming in and augmenting that staff. So we may provide them with tools to help them better manage their environment. We may just provide oversight, um, maybe handle managing the network and server side where they're working on more of the workstation or, d- or day-to-day help desk. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really depends on on the type of business. We try to do you know what's going to make sense. Um, we really spend a lot of time evaluating that organization and determining what what is going to work, if, if anything's really going to work for them. You know, yeah. They really have to recognize the importance of IT and really value it um, to get the most out of our our services. So the keyword that I took out of that was um, workstations. Yeah. Because you're saying 50 or fewer workstations. But yeah. so we're a personal injury law firm. We have about 30 human staff approximately. Uh-huh. But that that's not workstations, right? Because we have a conference room that has a computer and a TV. So that would be a workstation because yeah. that's a computer yeah. that – People log into when they go on Zoom or on Teams. Yeah, yeah. So th- th- that would be one. Is your like your server, our our phones and and computers? Is that one workstation or is that each an individual? Um, Ethernet connection to the internet are those separate work, workstations? Yeah, no. Um, so I guess in our world or how we refer to it, a workstation would generally be something that you're going to work on on a day to day basis, either your main desktop computer or your laptop. Okay. Um, are really primary when we talk about workstations. They're typically Windows machines that are going to need some type of ongoing maintenance. So whether it's uh, Windows updates, which are very important, you know, those critical patches, security updates. 
um, you know, having an antivirus that we know is up to date and running con- consistently. Um, the ongoing management of them because, um, you know, you don't want to leave that. Everybody's been there where Windows updates is spinning for, mm-hmm. you know, oh, a yeah. half hour and you're like, I really need to get this email out or something. So we like to keep those up, you know, to date and manage. So when we look at, you know, from a managed IT perspective, that's sort of how we base things is based on workstations. Uh, you know, the other things like the phones and that, we will help, you know, support those. Uh, you know, generally speaking, a lot of people are on VoIP these days. They, you know, generally have a a go-to or an eight by eight or a, yeah. you know, different kind of uh, system where you can actually reach out to them for support. But for the most part, a lot of the configurations and setup of those are very straightforward. We actually focus on go-to phones and know those very well. And the deployments are actually very straightforward. Okay. So if we are, are Mac based, we don't need you. Uh, you know, I shouldn't say that. Um, we do have larger, you know, um, a, a number of clients, right, where uh, typically their marketing departments are going to have a few Macs in them. Yeah. Um, we absolutely do support those. Our agent can go out on the Macs. So, you know, they just operate a little bit differently. Um, you know, the vast majority of the business world, I mean, I think the last figure I looked at was maybe 95% of the business world is, is on, you know, Windows. Oh, okay. um, so the major focus um, is generally always going to be Windows, but we absolutely do support Macs. Our agents... Um, uh, we can set up monitor sets and things like that on Macs. Um, you just don't run into them, I guess, as often. Um, yeah. Just, again, mainly those marketing departments are those kind of, um, you know, there's usually three to maybe five Macs in a, in a larger environment. But yeah. um, And then some engineering firms in that we work with have a couple Macs. But the vast majority are going to be Windows. So that's interesting because I know that I met with um, another law firm owner probably last year. Um, I don't recall. It was in Atlanta. I remember that, but I don't recall if it was like November, December or whenever. But this person is um, out West and they only have Macs, Macs, iPads, and iPhones. Mm-hmm. So I, now thinking, I, I just wonder how they do it with their IT. Um, if they're, I mean, that's probably a whole subsect of, of IT. Yeah. Are yeah. companies like yours that just deal with the IT of you know, Macs. And you know, her, her firm is probably, um, certainly it, it's, probably less than a hundred people in the entire firm. So um, I think that that's interesting. It is interesting. Um, right? You know, some people are very biased that way. They just love their Macs. And, and I, you know, I have an iPhone, um, you know, I, I appreciate and admire, you know, Apple as, as a company. Um, I just think that, you know, most IT companies are going to go where the, the majority is, right? Where the money is, where, um, you know, the majority of, um, you know, same thing, you know, people will say that, you know, Macs um, are, are more secure and things like that, which isn't necessarily true. It's just, if I'm going to write something, if I'm a bad actor and I'm going to write something oh, that's, yeah. you know, I'm going to go after the majority, right? I'm going to go the after 95%, the 95%, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go after that. Um, so, no, there's some 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 great things about Macs and some, you know, advantages in certain ways. And some people are definitely, uh, you know, have their preference and enjoy working on them. But I would say that's, uh, you know, a minority, certainly in my experience. Um, I don't see a lot of IT firms, in particular in the Midwest, that are specializing just in Macs. Yeah. I can't really speak for the West Coast, you know, as much if that's more of a, a thing, I, uh, a lot of the international or, you know, global companies that we've worked with um, or national companies we've worked with have been more Midwest based. Um, but yeah, the, the larger manufacturers in particular in that, they're all uh, generally on Windows. Yeah. Well, and that's something that's, I think, um, top of mind for us here at Growth Law Firm simply because we've been going through, um, uh, well, I'll say fishing training, but I don't know if it's called fishing training, sure. uh, yeah. but training yeah. about the, these fishing expeditions where people are trying, bad actors from somewhere yeah. are trying to come in, get you to buy 
gift cards or whatever, or there's um, our, our personal experiences. We've had some, some person or some uh, group of people from, I'm assuming some other country or somewhere that sends emails at about you know, between like five and eight in the morning uh, that it looks like it's from John growth, but it's from like Esquire J at, you know, yeah. gmail.com. Right. Yeah. And, but yeah. it, it says my name and it says, Hey, do you have a couple seconds? I need you to do something for me before you get to the office. Sure. Yeah. And being that you know, people have a laptop and email on their phones and all that, you don't, I think you, you check your phone before you get in the car, you see it, you don't look that carefully because you're in a rush to get to the office or whatever. Yeah. And some people here have seen that and said, Oh, John needs me to do something. They'll respond quick without actually looking at the email yeah. and seeing that it's not from my email. It's from, you know, some spoofed weird account spoofed or, account. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we've been going through a lot of fishing kind of stuff these past, I don't know, six or seven months uh, with training every ever so often. So that's what you do also is, is yeah. like the IT, like the firewalling and the training and you know that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, our approach has always been defense in depth. Okay, so, um, you know, a lot of people think, okay, I've got an antivirus, so I'm safe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the definitions on, on antivirus, for example, are updated all the time, right? So if your AV isn't current, um, you know, you could have missed some very, you know, there's also zero-day vulnerabilities, which the antivirus doesn't even know they exist yet. Yeah. Um, you know, through heuristics and, and some other, uh, you know, stuff beyond my knowledge and understanding, they're able to detect, um, certain, uh, you know, the way they come across certain different file types and things where they can kind of flag them. So, you know, it's getting more evolved every day, but so are the, the criminals, right? Um, we do use a, um, additional filter. So a lot of people these days are on O365 now called M365, okay. which, you know, has their built-in filtering. Um, we use a secondary filter for our clients that gives them a little bit additional support that does a little bit better job or, you know, kind of a second screening. Um, as part of that too, we do what they call security awareness training, which is exactly essentially what you're talking about. Um, but you bring up a, a huge thing that's, um, you know, I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but a significant number of, uh, you know, attacks that we see are email-based just like that. Uh, We've seen companies where they're actually able to get into an email address. They will look at how is somebody typically corresponding? How does John typically write? You know, John Mm -hmm. typically, uh, you know, doesn't worry about grammar or whatever, just kind of writes out a couple sentences and and says, thanks, John, right? Yeah. Um, So they try to mimic that and do what you just said. They create an email via Yahoo or Gmail or you name it. That comes across as John Growth. Um, so, and they always create that sense of urgency too, right? Because yeah. they don't want them thinking too much about it or looking too much into it. And they try to get them to do something. Hey, change my, uh, you sent a check to so-and-so or, you know, change this account information. Yeah. Um, and we've seen some very creative attacks that way. That's why security awareness training is, is a huge thing that we advocate. Um, it also lets you, you know, it teaches you basic things like hovering over links to see where that link is going to take you. You know, that link might look, you know, legitimate, um, you know, whatever hyperlinks embedded in there. But when you hover over it, you can actually see in the bottom left corner of your screen, where is that actually going to take me? Oh, okay. Um, so that's, you know, one key thing that that security awareness kind of, you know. And then the other thing is always make sure that you're looking at that email address and verifying it is, in fact, that legitimate address. And then we tell people, too, if you're ever not sure, pick up the phone and call them especially if it's something major, like changing some major account information or a direct deposit or something like that, um, pick up the phone and verify that way. Um, that way, you know, 
Hey, John, did you, are you sure you want me to do it? Yeah. Like, what? I didn't. You want $500 of gift cards from uh, Dollar General? <laughs> are you sure you want to go to Dollar General? Okay. All right. Well, whatever. Um, so uh, this is something I was thinking. Uh, this is something I was thinking about before is just the word firewall. So, so firewalls, does this have to deal with, with firewalls or it, it is firewalls like trying to protect you from some other harm. Yeah, you know, so that's basically your buffer, you know, between you and the outside world, right? Okay. You have your local area network and then you have the, you know, the wide area network out there. So your firewall is kind of your intermediary between, you know, your local presence and then the, your presence out in the world. Um, so when we talk about defense in depth, you know, we talk about things like, you know, antivirus, kind of the obvious one, spam filtering, um, web filtering, you know, just to make sure that, um, you know, some people have certain sites they don't want, um, you know, the work to go on. Um, other people, it's just, hey, I want to make sure it's safe, right? Yeah. I want to make sure it's it's a secure site. Um, it sends you a, a little pop-up and says, hey, you sure you want to go here? Uh, if you're, you know, potentially going somewhere that's malicious. And, and even legitimate sites occasionally get, you know, hacked. And even though it's a site you go to all the time, you know, you could still be compromised and, and it'll the filter will attempt to catch things like that. Um, so you have those as kind of your baseline. Um, and then there's, you know, vulnerability scanning and there's penetration testing. So you can really uh, take it to a lot of levels. And then the firewall is, is very important just for, um, you know, regulating that traffic, uh, you know, making sure that that's configured correctly, making sure that you have a firewall that's under support and it's getting the, the latest uh, definitions and updates, um, firmware upgrades as they're needed, um, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's what we really take a lot of pride in is, is people don't realize a lot of times the maintenance that goes into IT, right? They just think something's not working. Who can I call? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and we don't treat anything else really like that in our lives, right? We understand with our cars, we need to put oil in them and we need power steering fluid and we need gasoline for it to go. And, uh, you know, we like to wash them occasionally and <laughs> all that good stuff. Right. So it's, it's not a whole lot different, um, you know, in it where it's like, you really need to focus on these things and keep them up to date because vulnerabilities come out all the time. And if you're not abreast of that and you're not doing things to safeguard your company against it, you're leaving yourself at risk. Yeah. Well, and, and when there's so much on your phone, on your computer, that you just leave because it's your computer, right? So if you have whatever your a copy of a driver's license or you know you're, you're entering your social security number somewhere online on your computer, well th that's safe because it's my computer. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have, I guess, a firewall or you don't have some kind of barrier between you and anybody else, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I mean, even within the own organization, um, you know, a lot of times that's the biggest risk to the org is, is actually, you know, one of their own employees or ex-employee that wasn't um, off-boarded properly mm -hmm. and things like that that still maintain access. Um, a lot of stuff we see with companies that aren't managed is, you know, poor uh, file structures and, and without, you know, proper permissions. So we've seen orgs where it's like, okay, you know, everybody can view the HR folder. Uh, where all your social security numbers yeah. are, where uh, everybody's compensation packages are. And um, so there's a lot of, um, you know, and then you have people doing things like taking a thumb drive to a, a copier and scanning in proprietary information. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's so many levels that you yeah. can take it. Um, Just too it many things scary. to think about. <laughs> now, now I got to figure out what, yeah, do, check all these boxes. Okay. I got to call and see to make sure we are as secure as we can be. Um, Interesting. All right. So what's your, well, here, b before this, I guess I didn't get into this yeah. before it's uptime. What did you do? I uh, worked in IT. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I really been in IT for quite a number of years. I want to say around 20. 
which okay. seems like a long time because I don't feel that old. Yeah. But, um, somewhere around 20 years and uh, been in managed IT services for, gosh, probably about 12 years now. So how do you get into managed IT or how do you get into IT? You know, is it an experience, a degree? What do you need? I think uh, a certain desire, um, you know, passion for technology is most important. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you really have to, and, and then some kind of niche, you know, you, some kind of uh, innate, um, you know, I guess ability or understanding of it. I mean, you don't have to know how a computer works, right? Okay. I mean, you open that up and you look at all those, you know, it's like, it's amazing, right? That this can do what these tiny know, little yeah, things. Yeah, yes. Yes. Uh, connected together. Um, but just, you know, I, I think really a desire to, um, you know, a passion for technology is mm -hmm. what we, you know, and, and as we look at, um, you know, employees too, that kind of ties into that. We're looking for people that really are kind of geeks at heart. You know, they, uh, they like that. They like being behind a computer. They like uh, learning new things and, and figuring out how things work um, and, and how they can make life better for people and more efficient and automate things. Okay. Um, you know, for me personally, I just uh, I was kind of like the go to guy at uh, I was working for a copier company at the time. And, uh, you know, all the people would go to me for the demos of the devices and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, audio visual displays and things we would sell. And I'm like, OK, I guess I'm kind of. I have a knack for it. I'm interested in it and yeah. interested in learning about it. So that's kind of how I, um, you know, I just saw it as more of a, you know, a, a better future, a better industry to, yeah. to get into. So I, I always tell my kids that you want to be a lifelong learner, yeah. right? Cause you just, you, you never know what's going to happen next. I think with technology, certainly that's the case. You're going to have to be, and yeah. you have to have that kind of mindset in order to succeed in IT because it's, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, yeah. Apple's going to have something new or Windows or whatever else. What is it? Azure or Amazon uh, WebOS or whatever else, all the different terms that they have. There's yeah. always something happening next, right? Yeah. Um, interesting. So what's your least favorite part or least favorite job that you have done with IT? Least favorite job? Um, you like stringing cables at when it's 110 <laughs> with no air conditioning or no no i can't take credit you know i got to give andrew and alex and, and the rest of the team the real credit um you know they do the hard work right i i you know manage the relationships i oversee the accounts i i focus on business development okay uh primarily and that's really been my focus in in it um don't get me wrong i worked for a small it shop kind of starting out where it was mm -hmm. like all hands on deck and uh you know Learn some stuff, you know, replace some RAM and uh, hard drives and, you know, cleaned up some viruses, you know, back when you actually sat and spent time doing that, where okay. now they probably just reload the OS or, uh, you know, re-image it and save themselves some time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, d I did a lot of that. Um, you know, I would say probably one of the worst things was once people know that you have that capability, I got uh, a lot of people, friends, family, neighbors coming over with their 10 year old laptop, seeing if I, <laughs> yeah, seeing if I could repair it for them and uh, spend hours kind of watching Netflix and watching uh, oh, gosh. Uh, screen spin. So that's it's probably, making this sound. Or, or, yeah. <laughs> there's this little flicker in the corner. Why is it doing that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Um, all right. What's the um, most common misconception? What do you think is the most common misconception about the IT world? You know, I don't know if this is, uh, I have a response. I don't know if this is, is, is fitting, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like how you mentioned SNL, I think everybody remembers yeah. oh, yeah. those skits, right? Um, and, and that has largely been kind of the interpretation of IT is, you know, 
you you go to them and they just can't wait to tell you what an idiot you are and and how you're doing things wrong and you know whatever else right and sitting in there <laughs> yeah um, on their high horse um you know one thing that we've really focused on that is i think a big part of our success is we view ourselves as a customer service company first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's nothing worse than having a user be afraid to ask you a question. You know, we live on the mantra of there are no stupid questions. Um, and, and frankly, if it is a simple issue, that's the best kind of ticket we can get. So don't be embarrassed. It, it's like, okay, it wasn't plugged in. Uh, you know, the, the simple stuff, honestly, our, our tier ones will tell you all day, like if I got tickets like that all the time, my life would be great. Yeah. Right? Um, so I think a big misconception is, is that, you know, you're dealing with, um, you know, people that are antisocial and that, which they can be, um, when you get into consulting, I mean, that's probably the biggest challenge is finding people that, you know, can be social and build a rapport with people as well as have that, uh, technical knowledge that they need. Yeah. Yeah. Having both sides of the aisle, I guess you could say both sides of your brain, you're using those every day and that's how you're succeeding. Yeah. Because you can Especially talk to people. In, in consulting. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Where you're, you know, customer facing or client facing. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong. There's some guys they lock up in the, you know, back room that are really great at, yeah. um, you know, at, at certain things with tech. And, and you know, if, if they're designing something or creating something in the background, no problem. But, you know, if you're going to be on site uh, with a customer, you know, we really want people that are, are just going to develop those, those relationships and be mm-hmm. more personable. Like office space for the... Uh, uh, what do you can't talk to the engineers or something? That's why I'm here. So <laughs> that's I can, why he's there. Yeah, yeah, that's why he's got the. That's why they need him. Yeah, that's that's why I need him. Um, so, um, what's your, um, what's your secret for being an entrepreneur? Is there some something that you said? Okay, this is going to help me get through the day. Um, get through this new business that we've built. Is it a um. Is there a book you read, a podcast you listen to? Is there anything you kind of go to for, for help? Is it a mentor? You know, you know things like that. You know, I, I mean, I think we really had the benefit. So, uh, you know, Andrew had a focus. We were all basically in a management role at our old organization. So we all brought a number of years of experience to the table. So um, we were largely doing a lot, um, you know, to manage and run this previous organization. We had Andrew focusing on operations, Alex ahead of all the technical department and the most advanced on a technical level. And then you had me focusing on uh, my role was VCIO virtual chief information officer, um, which is a fancy way of saying I oversaw, you know, the clients, um, uh, you know, strategy planning, that kind of thing. So we really each had our own kind of focus and component and we're largely doing this at, at a previous org. So, you know, to answer your question, I think that we had the benefit obviously of the experience of having done this for a long time, um, not that that makes it simple to start your own business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a lot of consulting with, uh, you know, attorneys and, and things to make sure that, you know, we were doing things, you know, by the book that we had the proper uh, documentation in place that our contracts or agreements, as we like to call them, looked right. And, yeah. um, you know, so I, and then certainly, um, you know, there, we're in a fortunate age where, you know, you have all this information at your fingertips, Right. So a lot of Googling, a lot of, hey, how can we do this better? How do we look into that? How do we, you know, um, um, so, you know, a lot of research in that way. And then just uh, really focusing on what our specific areas were going to be. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really important thing when you're kind of jumping in um, is, okay, what are you doing? What am I doing? What's he doing? And then let's try not to overlap too much. You know, let's consult each other um, yeah. on different, you know, ideas or if it's going to impact the org. But largely, let's trust each other to, you know, handle our, our specific areas. So you specialize and make sure you're the best at what you need to do. Um, 
and communicate with others in the office as to make sure, just to ensure that everybody's doing what they should be doing so you can have the common goal at, at heart. Yeah. And yeah. communication, yeah, and, and documentation is so huge in our world to, to get into that. And, you know, that's where a lot of organizations fail as well that we go into where it's like, hey, you've got all this equipment and everything, but nobody knows how to access any of it. You yeah. don't know how to get into the firewall or the switch or the, you know, server because they aren't really maintaining and managing a proper, you know, documentation environment. Um, and then especially in, in our, you know, the position we're in, we want to resolve people's issues as quickly as we possibly can, right? Um, and so, you know, having a knowledge base, having proper documentation is absolutely essential. Yeah. Um, and then even key contacts or after hours contacts, right? Who are we going to call if this happens or that happens? How do you want us to proceed if this happens or that happens? Um, so we do a, a, a ton of, you know, refining <laughs> this all the time, right? You know, an issue will come up and we'll say, okay, we didn't handle that the best. How can we do better the next time? And I think that desire for continuous improvement is is really important. So where do you go to for more knowledge in your industry? Is it, do, do you read books? Do you go, um, some papers, magazines, podcasts, YouTube, I guess? Oh, or? Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge short article, uh, you know, type, um, okay. where, you know, I just, I mean, there's nothing more current, right. than what's out on the web. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not big on a lot of printed material. Don't get me wrong. I, if something, you know, uh, catches my eye, I'll, I'll pick it up. For the most part, you know, most of just about everything online. Um, I've been playing a little bit with uh, ChatGPT recently. Oh, really? Okay. So, yeah, not to get into the whole AI yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, world, but it is quite amazing. Um, you know, you can basically just tell it to do stuff or, uh, you know, and it's very interesting, its perspective. Um, it's it's really cool, too, you know. It, it asks, uh, you know, explain this to me like I'm five years old. And then, okay, explain it to me in, you know, general terms. Explain it to me like I'm an IT professional. Yeah. And it will actually modify it, you know, kind of based on your request. So I find that a really neat learning huh. tool, um, you know, as well as just uh, generally just uh, looking for the right stuff out on the web, trying to get a few different opinions. I mean, that's, you know, there's an running joke, right? Where'd you read that? The Internet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's only relevant if you're reading it on some dumb side you know, Facebook ad or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like anything else, um, you can read one book at the library. And obviously, if it's biased you know, that's going to be a factor. So you need multiple sources, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, definitely when I'm looking at things, I look for obviously reputable sites. You know, if I'm looking for something specific on Windows, I want to make sure I'm on Microsoft and that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, but then there's also a lot of interesting information you can find on, you know, Reddit or these other, uh, you know, tools where you're kind of comparing and saying, okay, what steps did they take or how did they do this or what do they, how do they view that? Yeah. Um, what's their experience been with this uh, type of application or this type of product? Uh, so I try to do my due diligence and really, you know, look at a lot of different sources and then form an opinion based on that. So trust, but verify. Trust, but verify. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Yes, gotcha. Cool. So what, um, um, let's see. I guess we've kind of gone through your, your website, but how do people find you? So um, is it uh, your website? Is it telephone number? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, the best way to get a hold of us, um, you know, there's a, there's certainly sales at itsuptime.com. Um, there's also 920-214-8100. Um, they can certainly get through a, uh, to us that way um, and, and hit, you know, sales in the prompt or support depending on, you know, what their needs are. Mm -hmm. um, certainly can go out to the website and give you a baseline idea of what we do. Um, but, you know, I think it's always best to just reach out to somebody there like myself and, and, you know, let's talk about what your needs are and see if we, see if we can help. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think that's all I have. Do you have any questions? No, no questions. 
Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks All right. again. I no, really thank you. It. This is interesting. It, yeah. It's a fascinating thing to get a different perspective on on the adventure of being a business owner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. So cool. So I didn't ask you. Um, you're are are you a Wisconsinite? Did you come here from other states or? Uh, yeah, I, you're born uh, and raised Wisconsin. Yep, born and raised, uh, good old Muskego. Oh, Muskego, okay. Muskego, yeah, that's sure. where I grew up. Uh, yep. Cool. Alex is from uh, Oshkosh area, and Andrew is up in the Green Bay area. Okay. So we're kind of spread out, and but uh, yeah, yeah. Good. I'm born and raised Milwaukee, so good, good job Milwaukee, good, good job Wisconsin. All right, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Um, it's uptime.com. You got it. All right, fantastic. Have a good day. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, John. Thanks.